0: First off, we're here at the Golden Nugget in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, which raises the point that in the past year you've done quite a bit of traveling. So I'm wondering, uh, what are some of your favorite and, be honest, least favorite parts of the country?
1: I went to LA for the first time. Like, I stayed in LA for like more than a day for the first time, and like LA feels very much like a like a post game city to me in a way that's like you can only have like fun there if you have a lot of money. I know that's like how a lot of cities work, but it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: It's especially true with LA, both because it's like impossible to get around if you're not Ubering or if you don't have a car.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm literally going to LA in like two days and I'm like literally the Uber price is going to like send me into like anaphylactic shock. Honestly, I went to go see Liz Fair in November Mm -hmm. and I had to Uber from Penn Station to the venue and it was like 50 bucks yeah jesus
0: and then on the opposite end of the spectrum what are some of your favorite parts of the country
1: i like a lot of the in between places like when i was playing here before i lived here and we had to drive to denver afterwards there was a lot of like in between places that i liked i know it's not like the most progressive places in the world Mm -hmm. but like visually it's very pretty you know there's like there was snow on the ground i took a lot of pictures on my camera it's funny because like it smelled like shit the mm. entire time, but it was like.
0: It's rural Illinois for you, yeah. Yeah,
1: but it was like kind of beautiful.
0: It's one of those places that, again, like you would hate to live because of the reasons you pointed out, but. But
1: it's really nice to like pass through. It also brings up a negative where it's like, you know, we're such a, a car dependent world. We need more like high speed rails and shit.
0: For sure. Yeah, 100. percent Which is why I'm sure that's been like kind of like a fun like breath of fresh air being in Chicago. Not that it's high yeah. speed or anything, but it's
1: it's been fun being the little passenger princess for sure.
0: Um, and on the topic of Chicago, I've been meaning to ask you just like even outside of like the context of um, like an interview, I've been meaning to ask, what would you say are like some of the most like unexpected or just even surprising consequences that you found of like living on your own for the first time?
1: I think just like having a, a whole like apartment to myself and like maintaining it, it's a good responsibility. So it's like
0: yeah, and you've had time to do pizza Friday whenever you want.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Has to be Friday though.
0: You never made an exception. Never been like, "Oh, I'm busy on a Friday. Let's do it on a Thursday."
1: No, I've, I've definitely like made an exceptions for it. pizza Fry Has just like been a tradition for like the past however long I was alive.
0: Next, in your interview with Base News Network, you mentioned that you've put probably ten thousand hours into Mario Kart. And having played against you, yeah, you play like it. So I'm wondering, uh, what are your top three favorite courses in Mario Kart?
1: When I was younger, I really liked Super Bell Subway. That's a great one. I got the Mario Kart 8 DLC. Mm -hmm. I love Merry Mountain. Like, I want to live there. What's the
0: rent there look like?
1: (laughs) Probably not that much, because I I feel like because of the weather, like, it's perpetually snowy.
0: And you got to deal with people carting through the roads constantly. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, that definitely, like, keeps the rent low. Delfino Square. Mm, That's a fun one. I would live in Delfino Square.
0: Mm -hmm. Rent there, probably a little bit more expensive.
1: No, yeah. it's It's probably, like, Italy or something.
0: My favorite is probably Wario's Gold Mine. Where is that place for you?
1: Ooh, I like... Do you like um, Wario Circuit? I think
0: that one's also a lot of fun. It's definitely one of the most uniquely themed ones. Like it's like so, it's such a interesting. Like I wouldn't have thought. Like yeah, let's make it like a demolition derby yeah. vibe. Like
1: f- oh, I know it's Wario Stadium. I think right? Wario
0: Stadium. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Next, one of my favorite things about *Senses Designated* is how distinct its creative direction is. I feel like rarely does like an album cover match the music as well as *Senses Designated* does. So I'm wondering, yeah, like, you. how did you go about crafting the visual identity for the album?
1: Not to like make things more official or unofficial, but it's like. I think Senses Designated like is kind of just a response to frailty in a way where I mean, I guess it's just like Frailty was the coming of age album. This is the of age album. Mm -hmm. Whatever I make after this is probably just going to be like a direct response to Senses Designated. It's linear. I think, you know, it's like Frailty is like the 17 year old album, Senses is the 19 year old album.
0: It's funny that you say that it's a response because literally in my notes, I, I say It feels like a rejection of like the sort of like DIY, like do it in your bedroom, like sort of vibe that a lot of not only frailty, but I feel like a lot of music from between 2021 to like 2022 had. Um, Like, you know, in the way that like frailty, like all of the visuals surrounding it are these like crushed up, like very grainy, like videos and stuff. It feels very much like more digital, whereas this feels very much more like analog.
1: Not to say like it was disproving anything in frailty or anything or it was rejecting any ideas in frailty, but it was just like...
0: You know, you gotta switch it up. I read in an interview, I think it was with Stereogum, that you mentioned like part of the inspiration of like how you like went through it was by going on like Zillow and looking at house listings. Which is like, I feel like when people are putting together like visual identity stuff for an album, they go on like Pinterest. So it was curious for me to hear that you went on Zillow.
1: No, yeah. I mean, it's also very easy to go down a rabbit hole when you're like trying to find somewhere to live. Just going down rabbit holes and like seeing a lot of like the you know quirky little places. I kind of started making census designated like immediately after frailty. Mm-hmm. So it was like you know, I still don't really have any like money at the moment to fund what I'm trying to do. By the time we get to like the point where it's time to do the rollout, it's like I have like the resources to like fund what I want to do and I think that's like I'm like really grateful for that too because it's like I came into it with the idea like oh it'd be nice if we were able to do this but like this will only exist in my mind and then it's like I got like a semblance of that this time around you know there's always going to be things that I wish that I could have gone differently but like my expectations were just like blown out of the water.
0: I feel like that's like a common trend amongst like some of like what many p- people consider like the best albums of the year it's like it was crazy for me to hear from April that like Wall Socket was only like 60% of what she wanted to make, like in like her vision, like in her mind of like what she wanted for Wall Socket, which is insane to me. Like I can't imagine that album being any more like bombastic or like more ambitious than it is.
1: No, yeah, I'm still like not over that album, you know? Like it's cray.
0: Can you tell us about your subway order from when you were nine? Did Kale tell
1: you, was this Kale? Did Kale tell you this?
0: A good journalist never reports their sources. Kale, this is a vulnerable moment for you, I know.
1: Mind you, I haven't been to Subway in like 11 years or so.
0: So this was the last thing you ordered from Subway?
1: No, but like I, I ordered this frequently. I don't remember a lot of it. I just remember that it was like teriyaki chicken, cheese, ketchup,
0: pickles. It was cheese, teriyaki chicken, pickles, ketchup, and barbecue sauce on flatbread.
1: Oh, that yeah, that's basically what I thought it was. Like I would still eat that, honestly. Was,
0: you would, oh, Okay.
1: I would still eat that. It's just like, as a grown woman, I'm not going to go up to Subway and be like...
0: look them dead in the eye and say, can I get teriyaki chicken? And Hi,
1: yeah, can I have the teriyaki chicken with pickles, ketchup and cheese on flatbread and barbecue sauce? Like In my right mind, I'm not going to go up to Subway workers, a grown woman, and say that.
0: Like, Gotcha. And I think you wear some of the influence from horror storytelling on your sleeve with the album. So I'm wondering, like, what are some of your more like, deep cut inspirations when it comes to horror?
1: The movie Cutting Moments was inspired for the song Lips, but... I think a lot of it is kind of just, like, intrusive thinking, honestly. Because I think a lot of the horror elements that go on in, like, Senses Designated have to do with, like, the body. It's, like, almost kind of indulgent in a way. I can't really, like, pinpoint what was the, like, inspiration behind it. But I think it's just, like, feelings that I couldn't really describe that turned into the songs. But, like, they don't necessarily mirror, like, experiences or feelings that I've had. Think of all, like, the the weird, like torture porn body movies like there are out there on one hand it's like a sane person can't really think of this, but then it's like also a sane person can think of this. It's a very universal experience that I feel like not enough people really talk
0: about. That whole thing of like everybody that's ever been to the Grand Canyon has like a brief moment for like a split second where they're like, what if I jumped in or what if I push somebody in or whatever? Like there's that constant like the back of your head thing. And I feel like at least the latter, like few tracks on the album definitely feel like that, like thoughts at the back of your head being brought to the forefront. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good way of putting it. And to that point, over the past few months, I've heard you describe everything from Ryan Beatty to Millie Bobby Brown as like census coded. <laughs> um, but I realized I've never... Wait. É...
1: <laughs> Can you refresh my memory for a second? So you
0: just referred to Ryan Beatty when like, he was doing the rollout for his album and like, you know, he was wearing that like, tank top against the blue sky and everything. You're like, oh, he's census-coded. And then I honestly don't remember what you said about Millie Bobby Brown. I just wrote it down in my notes.
1: Millie Bobby Brown.
0: Yes, Millie Bobby Brown is so <laughs> census-coded. But I was wondering, like, I've never gotten an official definition of what census-coded is from you. So I have a list of locations, movies, and albums here and I was wondering if we could play a game of is it census-coded? Yes. Okay. So Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah especially i feel like particularly in firewalk with me yes yeah 100 no, percent. you get it mm-hmm. okay i'm glad i'm picking it up on it so far badlands directed by terrence malick
1: oh yeah like I, I literally watched that like when i was like staying in la like getting the album mixed i watched badlands i watched paris texas i watched mulholland drive gotcha like,
0: you ever seen days of heaven no if badlands is is census coded then i would say days of heaven is like overwhelmingly census-coded. And then I have Boys for Pele by Tori Amos.
1: I know more about like, from the uh, Choir Girl Hotel, the song Raspberry Swirl, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like that song a lot.
0: And then I have, not the music, but just the album cover for Breakfast in America by Supertramp.
1: That one's not so much census-coded. That's like a, a view from the plane.
0: Right, yeah, and it's like the yeah. kind of vaguely scary looking like waitress, uh, that's like the Statue of Liberty. The waitress.
1: Yeah. She's census-coded for Okay, sure. gotcha, like, so there are elements. like. Scary, scary girl, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: scary woman, (laughs) scary
1: woman, these women,
0: These. are these your friends? Are these your friends? Who is this? Do you know them? Do you know her
1: through Instagram? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know her through Twitter? Through Snapchat? Put in your passcode for me. Put in your passcode? Let
0: me see your, what are you texting them? (laughs) And then I have not their music, but just like the Haim sisters, (laughs) just them.
1: Mm, No, they're too corporate.
0: They're too corporate? Really? Okay. So maybe flashbacks like 2016, 2017, were they?
1: 2013, 2013 Haim, for sure. Yeah.
0: And then I have the movie The Sandlot.
1: Ooh, maybe. I mean, I feel like The Sandlot is like for kids. For sure. You know? Maybe like the color grading of Sandlot for sure. 100%. Yeah. And it
0: also, like it, to me, it feels sort of like vaguely cautionary tale-y.
1: Yeah, I think cautionary tales are like a big theme in Census Designated too.
0: For sure. And then this one is just a wild card. Malcolm in the Middle.
1: <laughs> I've never seen Malcolm in the Middle.
0: I think you should watch it. You're watching The Sopranos and what else right now?
1: I'm watching Sopranos. I'm watching Thirty Rock. I just finished Sex in the City. I'm also watching Bob's Burgers.
0: Also, uh, since this designated struck me as the type of album that you could uniquely spend like a fucking eternity writing, so I'm wondering, like, at what point uh, did you decide that the album didn't need any further expansion and was ready for the world to see?
1: That's a good question because I feel like, and maybe this is like one of the falters of the album that I like didn't really know when to stop. Lips was the first song I started and the last song I finished. I think like, even with like stuff that I, I make post census designated it's like I would never know when it's finished maybe that'll like come back to bite me I don't know I I think it's better to overcook than to undercook
0: the thing that I, I brought up in the interviews a few times before but also is just like a quote that is very commonly like passed around in filmmaking is that like movies don't get released they escape you could toil away at something like for fucking ever but it's like at a certain point you're gonna grow sick of it and like I'm sure like did you run into any of that while making census designated yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> probably by the time census designated was like ready to come out I was like I've listened to this album like a thousand times. You know, it was the same thing with Frailty. Or like for the first like couple of months it came out, I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this album sucks. I could do way better." I, why is everyone talking about this album? <laughs> it's like I've like come back to it, you know, with uh, with open arms. You know, like sometimes like sometimes I listen to Frailty and I cry. You know, like and I like never cry to music. I'm sorry for being so mean to you, Frailty. I have a feeling like that's a similar feeling to how like Census Descent is gonna be, because like I've come to realize like a lot of my music is slow burns you know for the girls that might not get it mm-hmm. for the first few months like
0: give it a little bit of time g- give
1: it a little bit give it like a year
0: and on the topic if there's anything i remember about the night since dropped it's the sheer number of like interpretations of the lyrics that i saw like flying back and forth across like discord twitter everything else yeah so i'm wondering like did you approach writing the album with the like understanding that interpretations of it were going to vary or did that sort of like take you off guard to see how many people
1: it kind of took me off guard because i i honestly don't really take into account like how big of an audience i have sometimes i don't really go on social media like that i imagine like my friends and like the people i work with are gonna hear it and like a couple hundred people online are gonna see it but it's like no like three of the songs on the album have like half a million streams right now and it's like kind of unfathomable
0: and not to mention like you have like what like 150k monthly like that's a That's a small country.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, that's like probably like my graduating class times like a thousand.
0: Do you think like the shows will be like, you know, your upcoming tour will be like your first sort of, like, face-to-face confrontation with that, or?
1: Yeah, because I think, like, when I was opening for break-ins last year, like, such a small fraction of the people were, like, there for me. Being, like, the co-headliner this time around, there are definitely going to be a lot more eyes on me. I've, like, debated whether or not, like, should I encourage singing along, or, like, should I, you know, like, what should I do? You know, now that there are, like, more eyes on me. Towards the, like, the latter half of the hypochondriac tour, I started encouraging everyone to scream as loud as they could when the drop on Movies for Guys happened. That would always blow me away.
0: And that raises the point that we're recording this just a few days before you head out for your Designated Dreams tour with Quantic. So I'm wondering, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you nervous at all for it?
1: I'm very excited. I definitely want to, like, step up the game a little bit when it comes to, like, stage presence Mm -hmm. and, like...
0: And you have a live band backing you up this time, right? Yeah. Gotcha. That'll help for sure.
1: Max, Photographic Memory on the guitar. Nick Sacro on the drums. They definitely, like... You know, make me feel like I, I belong on the stage.
0: I feel like the same goes for like any. Like whether it's like filming a music video, like there's no mistake that the video, your census designated video, was directed by Quad because it's like half the battle is feeling comfortable and feeling like open enough to have fun and like try things. Yeah. And that raises the point that I feel like you uniquely started pretty big as far as shows go. Uh like your first show was opening for IS, and <laughs> <laughs> the first tour you went on was no, alongside. I-
1: Ayaz opened for me. <laughs> right.
0: No, you're so right. But he played replay how many times? Three times. Three times? Well, he replayed it. <laughs> so I'm wondering like, what are what have been some of your biggest lessons that you've learned so far? Are there on the hyper? contract tour or opening for Anna monoguchi or anything like that.
1: Above anything, like just be confident. It's not even just like believe in yourself and you can do it. If you have faith in like what you're doing then
0: Yeah. And I understand that last tour um you had some trouble with overexerting yourself somewhat and like how are you approaching that now that the songs are pretty like objectively more vocally demanding.
1: So here's some tea. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, like it was literally tea. They only had plastic cups. So mm. Try drinking boiling hot tea in a plastic cup that's, like, actively shrinking as you're drinking it.
0: Yay, PBD poisoning, yay. No, yeah,
1: I have a feeling, like, that's a symptom of what happened. Because that happened, I ended up, like, getting, like, actually sick. The combination of me kind of, like, screaming and I I didn't really learn how to scream yet. You know, there were some days where I just, like, wasn't really eating like that. So it's like, you know, of course you're going to feel like shit after you just performed like a, a maniac and you didn't eat prior to that, you know, like.
0: I feel like a first tour is always kind of like a rite of passage. You get chewed out, and then you learn what not to do your second time around. Yeah. And on the topic of differing opinions, depending on if you ask Pitchfork or not, since it's designated as either a shoegaze or a singer-songwriter album, which raises the point... Uh, There's been plenty of discussion about the tendency for places like Rate Your Music to constantly iterate on, like, established genre labels and adding, like, a billion core, step, pop, like, all sorts of these different suffixes. What do you see as some of the pros and cons of, like, the way that the internet has accelerated the diversification of genre labels like that? I feel
1: like a lot of the classification is, like, not that serious. But the thing is, like, the way genres, like, begin and have their own little Cambrian explosion of sorts is, like, there has to be a scene and a culture around it. There's a lot of, like, pieces about the recent like quote unquote revival of, of shoegaze, you know, every now and then lumped into that conversation. And like, I don't really get it just cause I, I didn't really have any shoegaze in mind when I made Sense is Designated, you know? I still don't really like listen to it that much, but I understand that like, there's like a lot of history and culture behind it. I don't think Sense is Designated is like unabashed, like just straight up rock though, you know? I mean, like I've said that in the past that like it's just straight up rock. I, I had like a, the assumption basically that like breaking census designated down into like all these different words like was going to scare people away Mm, it definitely muddies the waters for sure it muddies the waters but like it didn't scare anybody away i feel like my assumptions were just like kind of proven wrong so it's Mm -hmm. like Yeah, I do kind of want to, like, take back what I said on that.
0: And on the topic of Pitchfork, I'm wondering, how has having your work be discussed by publications like it affected your perspective on them?
1: I think, like, writers taking their time, like, people taking their time to, like, write about me is, like, something that I i am super grateful for like i think the fact that i'm being talked about at all like whether or not it's positive or negative is like something that i'm very grateful for but i feel like a lot of people a lot of music fans especially don't really look to those websites as much i think that just comes with like a a new generation of people finding stuff you know i I still think that it's kind of like a integral piece to the like music Mm -hmm. world at the end of the day like i do owe a lot to pitchfork like just because like they gave frailty an eight which is like Whoa. You know, like my debut album that I made when I was 17 gets an eight point oh one Pitchfork. Like,
0: yeah. whoa. And that raises the point in your interview with Stereogum. You mentioned that back when Frailty came out, you saw some amount of truth in the criticisms of both like the mixing, but also like more like subjective stuff like your singing and whatnot on it. Yeah. And I think any artist can relate to that feeling of like when you see... Somebody criticizing something that you really like it's much clearer and much easier to see the flaws and what like the criticisms they're making of it and it's, it's easier to come up with defenses for it but whenever it's about something that you made I feel like that like point of reference goes completely out the window and it's really hard to discern like oh like you know maybe they are right maybe they are right maybe I am like you know doing poorly with like this this and this. So I'm wondering, like, how do you draw that line between, like, criticisms to sort of internalize and learn from and criticisms to just sort of disregard?
1: It goes all the way back to, like, grade school when they teach you that, like, an opinion has adjectives in it. Mm. you know (laughs) on the other hand like I think the people who are like writing for publications like they're there for a reason you know like it's not like anyone is qualified to do that like I feel like you have to be like really skilled at what you do to write for those publications so it's like they know their shit at the end of the day the opinion that matters the most is probably the musicians I have like the autonomy I guess to choose whether or not their opinions will like influence my next stuff
0: and while putting together questions for this interview a few of my friends mentioned I should ask you to like clarify certain lyrics which I'm not going to do because I think discovering and interpreting that stuff is like part of the fun but it does raise the point that whenever you put out a body of work like senses designated you do forfeit at least some ownership of how it's going to be perceived by the public so I'm wondering have you ever struggled with that sort of concept of like death of the author before
1: I've like come across people who have like Jane remover tattoos when it comes to like frailty logo tattoos you know or or symbolism
0: or like Like, foy tattoos
1: (laughs) (laughs) boy I think just the fact that like it made such like an impact on the people who did decided to like go as far as like getting permanent ink on you. Like if it resonates with one person, I think you're doing something right. Not like regardless of what you intended it to be about, but I think it's like, you know, with, with something as abstract lyrically as, as census designated, you know, I don't really make that many like direct points, but they're just more so like feelings and vibes and aesthetics and stuff.
0: Next, you don't have to explain what it is, but can you read off three names from the names list? I did talk about the names list
1: in like the the Perfectly Imperfect Newsletter. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, the very first name in there was like Swisher Gwendolyn or Swisher something.
0: Like number one on the list or... No, yeah.
1: That's like the first
0: name. Gotcha. So how many years old is that at this point? A
1: little bit over two. I'm i am going to pull up... Oh, wait. Did you say not without without looking? If you... Do, or well, I'm saying
0: no. Go for it. Like pull it up. Like pull... Or... No, it's
1: okay. Okay. No. Okay. So... You can do me, it. There's like a hundred pages in yeah, that
0: Yeah. No. There's 7,000 plus names on it or something. Like I don't even remember. To pull it up i feel like it'd be too much like too much sauce you know <laughs> too much sauce yeah okay so sure going then is all we get for now because census designated is such a huge leap forward in world building for you i'm wondering in like the making of the album or even now did you feel any sort of like scope creep and like feeling like oh shit, now i have to like one up myself again like do you feel any of that now going forward oh all the time gotcha yeah
1: i think i, I made census designated with like the intent of one-upping frailty mm-hmm. in a way but i think it's also like That was just gonna come naturally, like as I learn how to make music more, because it's like you're never done learning how to make music. Like you're always gonna continue learning how to make music. Just like as time goes on, like I'm just gonna keep being more confident in my stuff. Cause like I think, admittedly, like senses designated, there's a there's a lot of parts where I'm still like very insecure in what I'm doing. Like there's a lot of vocal takes that I could have done better. Like even stuff like the photo shoots and stuff. Like I could have been more confident. Not to say that like Brendan's work isn't beautiful, but if I could go back in time and be like, Jane, be a better model for this guy right now. Like give this guy like a photo shoot, you know?
0: In my interview with April, I remember I mentioned I'm like, I asked her, I was like, do you see yourself going bigger next time? And what she said is like, no, I definitely am. Whatever's coming next is going to be significantly stripped back. Do you feel like you have like a sustainable track to keep going bigger? Or do you feel like it's time to like maybe strip it back a little bit?
1: For as long as I've made music, I think I've had a very like maximalist way of thinking. For sure. So I, I think whatever I do next, like I'd like for it to be big and grand, and like I think the the maximalism showed up in the production mm-hmm. when it came to Frailty, and I think the the maximalism shows up in the imagery and the lyrics for this album. As different as they are from one another, like they're sisters, you know, mm-hmm. like Frailty's just like the younger sister who's like perpetually eighteen, and then like Census Designated will be like the older sister. Who's like perpetually 20?
0: And in interviews, you've been pretty vocal about the fact that you've mostly stopped using social media non-professionally this year, which makes me wonder: what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people make uh, when trying to market themselves online or just like appear on social media?
1: Everything feels like gimmicks and bait. It's not even about like self-promo because like self-promo is important. I stopped using Twitter because everything is either bots. Everything it's it's like dead internet theory. It's like a similar thing that happened to YouTube, I guess. But like everything is about like either jokes or rage bait or. Like it's everything's about like invoking a reaction into people. And it's like the music's supposed to do that. Like the proof is supposed to be in the pudding, not on the bill.
0: In a lot of things, but also in particular, like any sort of like, I hate using this word, but like content creation, it feels like we're in like the few months leading up to like the recession or whatever. And it's just perpetually this, this state of like free fall. where are like, every like single one of these platforms that once used to be like much more dedicated to like the people using them, like whether it's bandcamp, whether it's YouTube, whether it's even like Spotify and even, stuff.
1: Even Tumblr, like yeah. there's no porn on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tumblr just because like nobody really talks about music like that on Tumblr. You're not gonna see two high schoolers arguing about like who's peak and who's mid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're not gonna see that on Tumblr. I follow like two blogs. Mm-hmm. It's like Pokemon cards hourly. Of course, and there's this one where it's like Pokemon wearing sports paraphernalia. Oh, so
0: they're both Pokemon related, okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I usually just use Tumblr for Pokemon, and then like I think I followed the K-pop tag on Tumblr too.
0: Next, you have probably the most robust CD collection of anyone I know. So I'm wondering, what are some of your favorite, or just some of the weirdest CD pickups you made over the years?
1: I found a stand-up CD on the ground. Really? I was walking past the gas station, like by the Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. There was just a stand-up CD on the ground. I have a couple like sounds and effects CDs that I got. At the thrift store.
0: Like, lit, like, onomatopoeia, like, whiz-bang type shit, or...
1: Yeah, like it has some like water in it. And like the thing is, there was no like packaging that said so because like the packaging made it look like a vaporwave CD. You can never really get your hopes up that much at the thrift store. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, like last time I went to the thrift store, I found a Sade CD. Gotcha.
0: And then what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned either in terms of creative expression or just on like the rollout side of things going from frailty to census designated? If you want to like
1: be in control and like have a say in everything, like you gotta like make that known. It wasn't people telling me what to do, but it was More so, my fear of what other people were gonna think basically hindered me in like being fully in control. I think.
0: Next, considering this is one of only a few video interviews you've ever done, I'm wondering how do interviews like this, or even just like any sort of press material, like period, fit into the image that you're trying to craft of like Jane Remover?
1: Obviously, like you know, I, I can't go back in time and tell 17 year old me doing the the first backlight interview to right. be like, girl, you 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 should transition right now. It's a symptom of like having a following at a young age being 17 and having a, a pitchfork review in an EP it was certainly a time period like i look back at and like reminisce cuz you know i was i was a senior in high school you know you're 17 you're not going to know it all like i think like i don't know i don't really plan on quitting music right. so i still want to be like in this when i'm like 60 years old and i'm like wearing like exclusively biker girl merch and right. i'm like making a, a piano grunge album or something like
0: taking like meds for arthritis like <laughs> There,
1: yeah. No, I'm going to get arthritis
0: at like 40 probably. Oh, you think so? No, yeah. It's all that damn Mario Kart. It's all
1: that damn Mario... I'm going to get Carpal Tunnel like next year.
0: And then I'm wondering, what are some of your 2024 predictions?
1: Are you talking about the dock or...
0: I'm, I'm, I didn't even know there was a dock. I'm just talking like in general. Do you
1: want me to pull up the dock? I would love for you to pull up the dock. Here's the thing. I, I've seen a lot of people's like 2024 predictions. I don't really like one that's like actively wishing bad on people you're just putting your hate into the world
0: and that's not cute the only one i could write down is that raise your glass era pink is due for a revival she is yeah i agree I, I, she, she's
1: on her little stadium tour yeah
0: no she's doing all that crazy shit where she gets like lifted up into the sky and all that yeah. shit yeah like good for her
1: i had a prediction that spotify is going to get better
0: okay see that's you know what a lot of people are predicting like spotify is going to fail and then everybody's gonna yeah. move to bank like no it's like i'm gonna predict that spotify gets better
1: Spotify is going to get better.
0: We need to oust that fucker that's in CEO slot right now and then stop sending money to the... Daniel Eck. Yeah, that's his name, right? Yeah, that's his name, yeah.
1: No Wave Revival, the genre No Wave. <laughs> Scrapped iCarly episode titled i Earthquake gets leaked to the public in which the Bushwell Plaza collapses due to a magnitude 8.9 earthquake that hits the PNW. What
0: the fuck? Oh my God.
1: Oh, this one actually came true last year, but it was uh, an artist books a residency at the Las Vegas sphere.
0: The Lost Vegas. Who is that? YouTube. Or YouTube, YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, YouTube, right?
1: Oh, this is like kind of similar to the No Wave revival, but it's like a new wave of industrial takes publications by storm. The first official necromancy. Oh my God. Frequency of TikTok songs begins to slow down as YouTube virality makes a comeback.
0: Ooh, okay. It's
1: kind of like in tandem to like the, you know, 2014 is coming back type thing. Like.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, yeah.
1: Yeah, this this is my this is my recent big girl purchase. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> An iPhone six plus. Quite literally a big girl yeah, purchase. The giant s purchase. <laughs>
1: A giant test purchase.
0: And next, in every interview, I make sure to ask the guests for a few artists that they want to put our, our listeners onto. And with a total of six mentions, you are the single most mentioned person by, like, a landslide. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah. You're the, the second most is Quantic with three mentions. Hell, yeah. So I wanted to flip the script a little bit on you and ask if there's any smaller artists that you think our listeners should be listening to right now.
1: I'm honestly, like, not tapped in in the slightest, mm. but I can, like, pull up my Spotify right now and right. tell you stuff that I just need to put you people onto. I was listening to Callie Malone last night. There's this girl group called Babymen. If you're a big fan of like my electronic stuff, like you're gonna love Baby Mint. They're like, I think a a girl group formed for like a TV show. Like there's a lot of Jane Remover splice pack in the new Baby Mint album.
0: Interesting, okay, that's cool. What would you say is the weirdest place you've seen like some of like your, your, that you're like, oh shit, that's my like kick or whatever like popping up. Baby Mint, for sure. gotcha, okay. If
1: any of you know the song Hello Kitty Balakuri by Baby Mint, it was kind of big on TikTok this summer, Jane Remover splice pack. You know the darkness, the band The Darkness?
0: Okay, you're putting our listeners on to the darkness right now. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I like Uke. Uke's really cool. There's this girl group called Rich Girl. I always gotta f- put on Fifi Dobson. The group that does the Sopranos theme song, hmm. Alabama Three, the album that it's on, Exile on Cold Harbor Lane. Like, I think a lot of people should like tune into that, Loki. They're British. Okay. Like, <laughs> like British.
0: What? I did not anticipate the Sopranos theme song to be done by a British band. No, yeah,
1: they're they're British. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> so foreign.
0: As I was writing that down last night, it occurred to me the last time I asked you that, the first name you mentioned was Quanic. Um, and I remember texting it to them being like, Hey, by the way, like Jane like shouted you out in the interview, and I remember they like freaked out.
1: No, yeah, I still think Zoe is a star.
0: There's a comment on like that interview that says like this is really awesome, make, makes me smile a lot. And now you two are like close friends and performing on tour together in like a week. Hell yeah!
1: No, I'm so excited.
0: And on a similar note, both frailty and census designated are completely featureless through and through. But I can imagine there's plenty of people you still want to work with. So if you can name a handful of dream collaborators, who would they be? I've been
1: scared to to hit him up, but like I've been like meaning to hit up Randy. Mm. I also want to hit up Ben Quadeca. The scrapyard shit is like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. I envy that dude's work ethic. Like, I don't know how someone can be so, like, consistently creative and put out so much music in such a small amount of time. As for, like, less immediate connections, I want to work with D'Amanda Galas. I've been, like, listening to her whole discography lately. I'm just, like, obsessed with her work, honestly. It's really harrowing. She does these, like really cool like screeches Mm. kind of like i want to learn how to screech like she does awesome honestly
0: finally what are you looking to accomplish next what can we expect from jane remover going forward
1: honestly like i've been in kind of a creative drought low-key but i do want to make more music (laughs) (laughs) i would like to make more music for now i'm just like excited to tour i want to like keep touring like i want to like consistently tour i've only played like not even 20 shows i feel like i'll be able to have like a valid opinion and like valid like in and outs of touring like after like maybe a hundred shows you know because like i feel like i really have to be like in this shit but for now i'm just having a good time you know i'm just being like the passenger princess the backseat girl if you will Yeah.
0: oh my god yeah i was wondering if we were gonna be able to tie it back at any point
1: also at the diner i had this item called Irish eggs Benedict is my first time having eggs Benedict. Love, yeah. We'll be having again. It was like,
0: amazing, yeah. If you're ever in Chicago, Golden Nugget, I think it's got like three or four different locations.
1: Some of them in 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. I think that's gonna wrap it up for us. Thank you so Yay! much.